Welcome to the Han Jam Ran Show, the audacious podcast by Hannah Rankin. This is the podcast where I endorse audacity. I encourage taking bold risks and I adore those who defy the status quo. Every week you'll hear me speak with someone who gets courageously vulnerable about their own audaciousness. I feel so, so lucky to have the most invigorating conversations that motivate me and uplift me. And they really make me think about some hugely important topics, both in my personal life and in a more broad sense. My guests are all commendably honest and vulnerable and forthcoming and I absolutely love speaking with each and every one of them and I've no doubt that you will enjoy listening to it as well. I have to be honest, managing the podcast, pursuing my other creative endeavours outside of work and balancing a full-time job has meant that I kind of hit a bit of a burnout these last couple of weeks. Um, And as such, I've taken a moment to pause and recalibrate and decide how I can keep the passion, keep the energy, keep the dedication, but also look after myself because I know all too well what happens when I don't do that. So the solution I've come up with may seem like a small one, but I've decided to move the publication day from Monday to Thursday, which means I can work on editing and the post-production side of the show during the week and have it ready to go out on Thursday. And that will mean I've got some uninterrupted downtime on the weekend, which is hopefully gonna help level me out. But regardless, do make sure you subscribe to the show on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. And that way you'll never miss an episode, no matter what day it's published. Come meet me on Instagram at HanJanRan, where I'll be sharing behind-the-scenes podcasting planning, insight and thoughts on life. And if you have any suggestions on who you'd love to hear on the show, then email me at hannah at hanjanran.com. I do produce this show by myself, but it's not an entirely solo endeavour anymore because I have to give a shout-out to my nearest and dearest who put up with me talking about this show all the time, support me in making sacrifices to prioritise the time that goes into creating each episode. And also I want to give a quick shout out to my dear friend Evelyn, who not only supports me in her heart but she does an awful lot of research for the show in helping me find um, some of the incredible guests that I I then have interviewed so a lot of this content is in thanks to everyone that's around me and encouraging me Um, but yeah I'm really grateful for the research that Evelyn does behind the scenes. I've got to say that Corona has been getting me down this week. Um, I think a lot of us are really getting to a point of fatigue with it. Even those people who have been very conscientious 
about being safe and, you know, happy to make those uh, commitments and sacrifices for the greater good. Um, I've been speaking to some of my friends and, you know, we're really just hitting a wall with it. For me, I was hanging on through my sense of feeling run down and just reaching that sort of mental fatigue. I was hanging on for a holiday, (laughs) which uh, my partner and I had to change the destination because I can't be in quarantine with work. Uh, And then we changed the destination and we didn't check the (laughs) rules for entering the country, only returning. So that holiday fell through and yeah, I just got to a place where I was feeling really hard done by, by the pandemic and all the way through till now, since March, I've been just counting my lucky stars that I've been not too badly affected, you know? I I had a bit of a financial hit by being furloughed, but that was for only two months, which in comparison to what other people have had to endure through redundancies or ongoing furloughs or even living in countries that don't have furlough schemes, you know, I felt really privileged. Um, I did have suspected corona back in March and it did hit me quite badly, but I haven't had any long lasting effects like other people have. So I've just felt really self, and self-absorbed by allowing myself to kind of have a bit of a woe is me moment about corona but I spoke to a very valued friend and she kind of carved out some space for me to have a bit of a rant and she joined me um and yeah it's frustrating so you know if you're feeling overwhelmed corona overwhelmed then the reason that I'm sharing this is just to say that you're not alone Speaking of fabulous connection, I like that little segue there, um, this week's guests are Jade and Ez and they are from one of my absolute favourite podcasts that I discovered at the start of the year because previous Hanjam Ran show guest, Kieran, put me onto them and he's also been a guest on their show so we obviously both have great taste. <laughs> Their podcast is called The Echo Chamber and they describe their show as a space where they discuss issues that will resonate among black British people from their perspective as black British working class women. I always feel really honoured when I tune into their show because I do, (laughs) I really feel like I'm eavesdropping in on their conversations and they have such amazingly insightful and, you know, my word of the intro honest conversations and yeah I've found it really valuable listening but also just really soothing to hear two women kind of fleshing out their thoughts on a myriad of topics just like I do with my girlfriends um so yeah it feels very easy to connect with the content that they produce in this episode in my episode with them we we talk about balancing our side hustles of work and maintaining our personal needs and looking after ourselves, which is obviously something that resonates with me a lot right now. Um, we talk about what 2020 has been like for us with all the plethora of curveballs we've been thrown. And we talked about identity and 
I guess the constant uncovering of a deeper relationship with ourselves. Something that the older I get, the more I realize it's never a complete job. Um, so yeah, always down to do a little bit more uncovering. Anyway, I'll stop trying to surmise an hour long conversation in this intro and let you guys hear the real thing. So here are Jade and Ez. Jaden Ez, thank you so much for coming on the Hand Jam Man show. I'm so excited to have you both um, join me. And I know it's been one hell of a year in so many senses. And we've both launched podcasts, although you guys started at the end of last year, I believe. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm aware that it's been a taxing time and just wanted to thank you for carving some out to come and talk to me today. Um, yeah, just thought to begin with, I'd check in and see how you guys are doing, you know, emotionally, spiritually, physically, how how you're feeling at this point, like as we're kind of going into a new season, I feel like it's a new season, literally, metaphorically, globally. Um, but yeah, just thought I'd check in to start with. <laughs> yeah. Um... So I think that um, you're right. It does feel a bit like it's a new season. Um, I'm actually due to take a little break really soon. So I'm really looking forward to that. But because of the change in circumstances, my plans just feel a bit topsy-turvy. Mm. So it's a little bit stressful, a little bit stressed. Um, but looking forward to the break. And... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the last quarter of this year as much as I do feel like there might be a second wave imminent. Um, I just feel a little bit excited in terms of my personal things going on personally, I guess, um, and all of what's in store growth wise and career wise and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, mm. That's awesome. Ez, how are you doing? um so <laughs> a little bit less feeling a little bit less positive if I'm being honest I'm just a bit like there is my actual honest answer to that um when you said how are you doing emotionally and spiritually that made me smile because it's like um I don't I haven't I haven't thought of that I haven't today I haven't really checked in with myself properly today um but I haven't been great is the honest answer um off the back of that I'm also I'm just a bit like what's the word I'm looking for I'm hopeful yeah I'm hopeful that coming from this place and being in this space that it feels like a real season and moment of growth um and opportunity and so I'm just trying to keep my eyes on that. So like in as much as I, I, it doesn't feel very nice, um, it does feel important and relevant and my eyes are open to it. So spiritually, I feel quite sharp, even though yeah, it hasn't been, it hasn't felt very nice. Well, I'm sorry that you're feeling like blur. I mean, I relate, <laughs> I feel the same right now. But saying you feel spiritually sharp, that's so what a great way to describe it and even the way you just answered that question on a personal level I feel like that could be reflective of 
society like we are in a huge period of growth and it's painful um and you know what's to come hopefully will be really positive and i do feel like we're kind of i don't know at this crossroads in well at least in the western world like in america and here um and australia even where we're talking about much bigger issues partially sparked by covid but also the resurgence in the black lives matter movement and it like i don't know i guess we've got the vote coming up in america to see how impactful all of this conversation's actually been um but yeah it's real it feels like this almost surreal moment in time um and in a way it's kind of just almost been like a bit of a pause year to actually take stock and like do inventory on ourselves as a society and then the way you guys just both answered that question sounds like you've been doing that on a personal level as well and Jade I'm glad for you that you're having a break soon um I f yeah I feel like we all need one right now it's been so much this year yeah today I would you know I would love to talk to you guys about the way that things have unfolded this year the conversations that have been had around the black lives matter movement from a british perspective um but equally i'm conscious that i'm sure it's been very taxing for you both and i don't want to lean on you and like ask for you to do the work for us um but if you're comfortable to talk about your own perspectives then you know i would i would love that but yeah equally no pressure so on your podcast you have addressed quite a lot of current conversation topics within the movement including allyship and advocacy and performative allyship i would say as well um what what kind of has stuck out for you guys as something positive that's come from it and what has left a sour taste in your mouth because I heard you guys talk on your podcast as well like about that that leaning on you as bringing the black perspective to the table within even the workspace and stuff and I just I can't imagine how exhausting that is on top of like everything else that's been happening in 2020. Mm. So I think that the thing that came out of that has come out of this season this really interesting um emotional just challenging very challenging very interesting period of time um which has felt also like a watershed moment at many points mm. um actually only happened maybe two weeks ago if that um i was at a work thing um over like zoom or whatever platform it was um it was a big round table discussion um, there were about 90 members of staff in it and um, it's it was a network, a race network within the workplace that started up um, and a gentleman came on camera and there are many, you know, um, particularly white men in the organisation and he was a white man, a manager at that um, and he came on the camera and he said that um, he can acknowledge times where he has overlooked people's cvs because their names didn't sound like someone he could go to the pub with and he just made so many admissions in that conversation or in what he had to say um 
during his time in the conversation um that were that actually felt like the watershed moment so didn't feel performative didn't feel fake just didn't feel like any of what it has felt like Mm. um it felt like this this is the work like you are doing the work you were doing the looking you were doing what needs to be done you were doing what you were doing the introspective work that white people need to do um and that has been that has felt like oh my gosh like someone one man I've never met you before because the organization is so massive but you like finally there is somebody um there is someone who isn't like shackled under the white fragility and the 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 guilt and all of that stuff um you're proper looking in the mirror or you're beginning to look in the mirror let me not do too much but yeah you're beginning to look in the mirror um yeah so I think that that has been the the best moment in this in this period for me personally I feel like that's quite a big jump from an anecdote you shared in the beginning of summer where someone was how best to describe it like sort of giving themselves um a get out of jail free card because they've got a Jamaican nephew or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> good exempt from this conversation and this behavior because basically I know a black person um you know the conversations moving on in, in for some people in your in your place of work yeah um that is so hilarious I don't think that she was saying um that she's exempt from the conversation however I have had a conversation with somebody who thinks that they're exempt from the conversation because they love drum and bass oh right. um yeah <laughs> but the woman with the Jamaican niece um actually she was saying that no one should ever be able to tell her that she um hasn't got first-hand interest or I don't know what she was I don't know what she was trying to say actually I don't even know if she knows what she was trying to say but basically no one should question her about anything because she's got a Jamaican niece but yeah um I think she just really wanted to say that but yeah yeah I don't know what a lot of people have been saying and why they're saying what they're saying and why they're posting what they're posting and why they're doing this. <laughs> like, so I think for me, there's been a lot of like, what is happening and why is this happening? And so in as much as there has been, there has been a shift and I have felt a shift and I, I've felt for the first time in a very long time, I felt that people's ears are open, um, people's eyes are open, people's hearts are seemingly opening and that that has felt great but then um, amongst all of that there's been a lots of those things that Jade has just described that those like why are you saying this why are we having this conversation why are you asking me this why are you doing that and there's been a lot of like on my part a lot of confusion as to people's like yeah how people are reacting or how people are like people clearly particularly white people clearly feel really uneasy um in at the moment or have felt it's actually it's, it's lessening now but um throughout throughout um when at the peak of the conversation I think people felt uneasy and that was clear but I don't think there was a lot of self-reflection as to like why and what is really going on yeah yeah and like a lot of hype on social media and you just worry if it's actually permeating people's brains and um knowledge and whether like action is going to be put behind the reposts um I know I was 
for one definitely very active and talking about it on social media and the amount of white people I would assume that my following is predominantly white um that were like using me as their information source I found that really worrying <laughs> um and actually um I thought this was quite interesting and wonder what you guys think about it so my I posted something about cultural appropriation and talking about um, not just cultural appropriation, but uh, like minor forms, microaggressions, smaller, um, more discreet forms of racism, I suppose, that people encounter on the daily basis. Um, and a white male messaged me and said, I don't feel like this is um, as important as like the bigger discussions around overt racism and he was like you should think about the communications aspect because I'm, I'm I work in communications and he's like think about what the key message is and you want to go in and be more like talking about the big picture and my argument well for one is that I didn't really need his opinion but also that it's all I feel like it's a chicken and egg situation like I for me my understanding is such that the systemic racism is part and parcel with these overt racist opinions and the systemic way is how it is like infiltrating and um the microaggressions is like to me a symptom of a greater problem and you can't address one without the other um and yeah i was discussing this admittedly with another white person and we kind of got into it um about like I guess what fuels the other but um it probably in the great scheme of things doesn't actually matter it all needs to be addressed addressed but the way that it was trying to be separated I guess was what made me uncomfortable yeah I think um white men tend to be really interesting maybe that's why I was so struck by the white men at work because um they do definitely think that <clears throat> they have a, a um what's the word I'm looking for, a monopoly on, on knowledge and information and opinion and what is correct. Um, and I think that that is something that needs to be zoomed in on where, before they speak, <laughs> particularly on matters that are quite far from them um, or when they're misdirecting their responsibilities. But um, yeah, I think that anybody that is intelligent will know that when something is in really insidious and um happens behind a veil or a mask it is more dangerous mm. i don't think i'm scared of somebody that screams racial that will scream racial slurs at me in the street or um yeah overtly treat me differently um in a group of white people because i think that I, I can clearly see what you're doing um, and there's definitely an unhingedness to you <laughs> that um, it just isn't calculated and just yeah like just doesn't feel as dangerous whereas if it's yeah when it's insidious and it's pervasive and it's you're able to lie in the face of it um, you're able to gaslight you're able to make me doubt myself you're able to yeah cause me to be like to think that I might be wrong and um, with what I'm experiencing that is far more dangerous mm. yeah I find that really interesting um because I don't 
know why he said it <laughs> and again this is like why are you saying this right now um even if you do believe it to be true um i think it's i, th- I feel that like around the, the race conversation there are loads of um just unnecessary and like energy draining like side conversations that are happening so if you, Mr. White Man, that feels it's important to DM me um, and share what you think, that energy could have gone towards dismantling systemic racism that you think, that, that, that your method that you think is so important. Um, from, from my perspective, it's like, okay, that's, it's not, the opinion isn't, is neither here nor there. Like what, what he thinks is fine. It's fine to think that. But um, for you to, like, you're missing the point. If you think that this is an important, where um important place to um kind of channel your energy towards coming to kind of engage with a debate with me then you you're missing the point very clearly um i also think that like that's fine even if that's your view um that's fine um it's interesting like jade said it's interesting that if you're speaking quite confidently on something that is very far Mm -hmm. away from you um so it's it's important to take that into account that actually i don't know um but having an opinion is fine um but it doesn't take away from what you're saying so it doesn't take away from the fact that microaggressions cultural appropriation some of these kind of more covert and seemingly lesser um evils um and i say that seemingly because yeah again like like jay said i much I'm much, um, I find it a lot easier engaging with straight up, this is, this is who I am, this is what, what, what it is. I personally, I Ed, find that a lot easier mm-hmm. to engage with. Um, but yeah, like, I think, I think it's, it's misplaced energy. I think that it's telling that like, the kind of person that will go out of their way to message you um, to start that conversation, that to me, it feels mm-hmm. telling. Yeah, it's a really good point about direction of energy, like what what you, what you could be doing in that time and with that typing even, <laughs> like this is this isn't a productive use of your energy. Um, I feel, you know, really lucky to be a listener of the Echo Chamber, which is your podcast, because you guys every single week are so honest, but also like just so real, like. I honestly just think I feel like I'm sitting at a table with you both and eavesdropping on your conversation. Um, but it's been like, have you felt any, I don't know, personal challenges with how vulnerable you are on the recordings or does it, because you're talking to a friend, I suppose, like, does it just sort of flow out really easily and don't really think about the fact that other people are listening? So I'm sure, especially while it's been, you know, there was over the summer uh, a shift in focus, I would say, um, in line with the greater conversation around Black Lives Matter. And I appreciate that that must be a whole nother realm to, to bring to the table and to share those ex- those lived experiences and those perspectives. Um, yeah, I definitely. It's funny because you asked us about podcasting earlier <laughs> and I was I think my response was definitely that it that it was a little bit easier um, than the response that Ez gave, even though Ez's response was in relation to like the logistics of stuff. But um, I think that this realm is where I find podcasting really difficult. Yeah. Um, I think it's been a massive challenge to um, 
to me like and my maybe the ways in which I think about myself and my go yeah my go-to thoughts about self um it's definitely challenging them and even though we've been doing the podcast for some time now um solidly and consistently for some time this whole year um it's still a challenge I've even brought it into therapy um and my therapist challenged me to listen back to old episodes because I'm just like I just can't listen to my voice I feel so stupid and it was in a season it was actually in the midst of all of the Black Lives Matter stuff and um there were just a few uh episodes that we did that I was like I've not I didn't feel like I'd done this conversation justice I feel stupid um just all of these mad things and then I think doing the podcast with somebody that I really respect and really rate and yeah like I respect and rate Ez's opinions and her views on things and all of that sort of stuff Um, and then the friendship element in it I think that I was also being challenged by like maybe lacking self-esteem in in that space with Ez um so yeah I brought it to therapy and she was like yeah you've got to listen to your old episodes and you've got to yeah you've got to find value in the things that you're contributing do you know what I mean in this space and I still haven't listened to them um truth be told but yeah it's so challenging it's so 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 challenging I find it really funny that you said that you wrote me (laughs) 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 definitely not the case I'm joking um no so um I'm I think I'm the opposite I think this is the stuff that I find easy the talking bit um I and by that by saying I find it easy I think what I mean is I I think through conversation I learn through conversation I develop opinions through conversation so stuff kind of staying in my head is not how I process information or not how I reach kind of like comfort basically um so I feel comfortable um I feel more comfortable being in conversation um and hearing from people and learning and sharing and that's kind of it feels like a very natural process for me um I also I think what I struggle with most is so the sector that I work in I work with young people and I think the thing that I struggle with most if I'm being honest is kind of like the responsibility that I feel from a professional standpoint so that if any of the young people that I work with or have worked with were to come across um, my podcasting platform would I be kind of proud of what I'm with what I'm sharing I think that's that's been the if there is anything that makes me think twice about what I say um, that is that's probably it um in terms of like processing this stuff the um the everything that's been going on in relation to race recently i've found the podcast a really safe and therapeutic space for me um so the f- first conversation that we did actually no that, that wasn't the first i think um but the conversation that we did following george floyd's murder um was a really it was the it was the beginning of a number of conversations on and offline that kept me sane and kept me safe within my mind 
um, during that period. And I felt really grateful for that process. And even though like lots of other areas of my life at that time felt so up in the air, podcasting was one area that I felt like actually, no, it's really important that we have these conversations. It's really important that people hear what we have to say. Um, and not from a like place of like what we say, like my, like not from a place of thinking that my view needs to be heard by the world, but more from a place of people need to hear like what, what black people are saying that what we what we're feeling what we're thinking what our processes are how this is affecting us from a very like personal non-academic non-intellectualized standpoint um and so yeah that that felt really therapeutic for me yeah it does it sounds that way as a listener and i can i can feel how you are processing and evolving almost your opinions on things that you probably wouldn't, well, I don't mean to speak for you, but like I, I wouldn't necessarily sit down and really nut out my opinions on certain things, like in a, in a specific hour of my time, you know, but while you guys are, are dissecting these different topics, it, you can feel that journey throughout each episode, um, which is really powerful. And Jade, you don't sound stupid, babe. <laughs> you bring, you both bring different, tones and perspectives to the table and it like it ends up in having a beautiful texture to it you know like it's really I think it's really powerful having the duality of you both um on these topics and you Jade you said something at the start of your answer about identity and um I think that's the main theme that I take from listening to like the range from like your early episodes through the episodes over the summer to more recent ones. Like you guys have really, I mean, it takes a lot of courage and I take my hat off to you both to go through these different facets of your own sort of self understanding. Um, It's not, I'm sure it's not easy (laughs) at times, you know, you're discussing really, personal topics and that's why it does feel really humbling as a listener to be given the privilege of like insight into your experiences as women as black women but also just as like human beings you know um and i i was interviewing someone on the weekend who's a a mental health counselor and she said something that feels quite relevant to to this moment which is that as women we think about the outside perspective of us like we think about how others are perceiving us every 20 minutes whereas a man is something like three times a day or something like that um so given like the dedication you know the um intelligent conversation that you bring to the table like the fact that you're feeling any kind of way about the output I feel like sort of feeds into that and um yeah I don't know it's just uh it's it's hard to overcome it but it sounds like overall it's been quite a positive um time for reflection even in your conversations yeah that makes me feel really really normal (laughs) um and also (laughs) um yeah I think even as we're speaking through what through what we're saying through what is being said 
um, it's just highlighting how interconnected the personal work is um, and this output, this podcast output stuff, um, because I can very much identify that it's definitely an ego issue if I'm um, looking at myself like this mm. so much, so diligently. Um, and that comes up quite a little bit in, in um, that comes up quite a bit, sorry, in therapeutic spaces um this idea of the ego and also with podcasting as well um there's also like just things around carving out my thoughts um what I think what I feel about things and confidently putting that across um in a space under Mm. with somebody else observing that um yeah so it is I'm seeing this just part and parcel of the work um, and I should feel very grateful that I'm doing it in this space and there's and I'm documenting it as well um but yeah mm. yeah similarly I I was I just think that um people hear the kind of online snippet of just an ongoing conversation that is being had um between us between our other friends family and internally um and I think it's a product of kind of a a, a genuine uh what's the word I'm looking for a genuine commitment to understanding <laughs> understanding myself I'll speak for myself um but a gen- yeah a genuine commitment to understanding myself to um understanding like what contribution I can make to things that I'm not happy about um what are my views on things um yeah and I think that that's like that's an ongoing conversation that I'm having with myself anyway and then the podcast is just like an extension of that work um so it feels in many ways it feels really natural um it does feel extremely cringe thinking back and like listening back to uh, I don't I listen to it probably I listen to each episode once um Actually, no, there's been a couple that I've, I've listened back to, but generally speaking, I'm, I listen to hear for, um, if there's any mistakes or if there's any anything that needs editing out. And apart from that, I'm like, no, it's very uncomfortable. Um, and I think there's there's something about getting my head around that as well, um, because it is that self-critic, like being critical of myself and judging myself a little bit too harshly. Mm. I mean, we all do it, let's be honest, like, (laughs) find me someone that doesn't. Um, So right back to the beginning, when this kind of idea around the echo chamber started forming, did like, who had the idea to want to podcast first? And what was the intention that you set behind it? Like, what was what what were you initially trying to achieve? um, When you kickstarted with your first few episodes? um so funny we um didn't know each other um it was oh really I assumed you like long-term friends um we had a mutual friend or we have a mutual friend um who we're both separately really close to or we were separately really close to um I I grew up with her and went to school with her um and Ez met her um in like in their adult lives but um, anyway, she would go between the both of us and just be like, oh, you know, um, 
I've got a friend, like, she reminds me so much of you. She reminds me so much of you. So she was coming to me and saying that about Ez and vice versa. And she just started speaking into existence, basically, like, you two are going to do a podcast together. You two are going to do a podcast together. Um, And she actually was the one that facilitated, um, like, just so much of it in the beginning, which is why, um, as we were saying before, well, I think I was the one that said it, like, oh, um, it, it feels harder as time has gone on because she just completely babied us <laughs> in the beginning and we're so grateful um but yeah that was the beginning of it I love that it's really weird um it's really weird to think how me and Jade became friends and started like we didn't start a podcast the podcast as friends basically yeah. <laughs> so we weren't we really yeah we were just two women um with shared experiences um and yeah like over time it's interesting because the dynamic in our friendship I think is really evident in our podcast Mm. um which is and it, it would be interesting actually to go back and listen to the early episodes now and just see if that feels different or if that sounded like how it must be different but it'd be interesting for me to figure that out what that feels like for me mm. um well i've listened to them <laughs> like early ones and the more recent ones and i feel like there is a slightly different mm, like base knowledge maybe now that you're saying that I'm like thinking back to certain episodes that I listened to recently but um in in both versions whether it was at the start of your relationship or more recently like the way that you both hold space for each other's vulnerability is so strong um and yeah it's really powerful even just to sort of bear witness to that so you guys have a really good dynamic and your friend deserves a medal for bringing you together for this podcast. Um, but I think that's an amazing introductory story. I actually tried to start a podcast with a friend and it never happened. We kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And um, so I just decided to do it by myself, which in hindsight is a lot of work for one person. <laughs> but it's still, it's still uh, you know, a joyous experience overall. I think that that the seamlessness of it I think that that actually speaks to my experience of being a black woman and black womanhood and I think that um I have felt really held by black women that I know and don't know and I think that particularly like that British the black British experience I think that there's like a there's just yeah I thought I feel like I've felt I, f- I feel like I did know Jade, even though I didn't know Jade. <laughs> I was just getting to figure out like the the details of her story, but I feel like there's a real shared experience um, as black women that makes it feel easy um, in many ways. Um, and that I think really helped. Yeah, that's super powerful and makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess if you're being like othered by society, the people you're being othered with, would you'd feel a strong affinity to but yeah we were talking about identity and the different facets of you know I guess our understanding of ourselves and um you guys have talked about such a broad spectrum of 
what contributes to Jade and contributes to Ez and um, I mean some of those just to list them off for listeners that, that haven't already listened to your podcast you've talked about your experiences in religion in church versus spirituality which obviously is something so personal talked about body image mental health even you know a fairly recent episode talking about fatherlessness you know these are really personal but also defining topics I feel um and letting like others into that personal realm of your experiences on planet earth you know is really um it's very sacred in a way and I wonder what like do you think much past putting the episode out like do you have a lot of interaction with listeners and feedback does it intrigue you how it sort of lands or is that kind of something you try not to think about otherwise you might stop yourself from putting it out yeah um I think in the beginning days of the podcast um I think that it really felt like an opportunity um to talk about what's what's really been going on um with me for me in my life um I think at the point that we started the podcast I was um sort of maybe unshackling myself from certain things that made me oh yeah felt a bit shame and guilt inducing when I thought about my trajectory so far um and so the podcast maybe it was just like a just an Mm. outpouring actually of like all of these things that had like been built up and pent up so yeah I think that's what it was for me in the very beginning I don't think I've touched base with myself necessarily um recently to think about what the podcast represents or means for me Mm. now um but in terms of expecting it to resonate with people yeah I think I do have an expectation and I hope that it will resonate with people who have had similar experiences to me um, and that they will find some um yeah just something to be able to um, relate to and not feel maybe some of the shame and guilt that I have felt in a lot of my life yeah I still find it really weird that people actually listen to us. <laughs> so I'm still like, people actually listen to us speak. Um, this is really funny and really odd um, because I genuinely, let me not say entirely, but I I've, I've, I feel that we don't, I don't record with, um, with that in mind or I try not to. I think that that gets in the way when I think about like how it will be received. Um, I'm really, I feel really blessed to for such positive feedback. Like I feel like we get quite a bit of positive feedback, and I think that um, the fact that like people listen, um, that is really encouraging because it shows that it's resonating on some level, um, and not even from. So I feel like from my perspective, I have no intention to like teach anybody anything or anything like that. But um, maybe just model openness and realness and what that looks like. And that's not always 
easy and that's not always kind of like pretty or packaged but I think that there is I think it's important to create spaces where we can be ourselves and where we can be yeah just authentic and true to ourselves and I think that Jade and I um, are fortunate enough to have a relationship where we're able to do that um, yeah yeah I mean there's a lot of power in connection and giving sort of a lifeline in allowing people to know that there that there's a shared experience you know you're not the only person that's felt this way about something or you're not the only person that's experienced this um this experience experience this experience great sentence um but yeah it's just it is a very sort of weird process but quite I feel like the way that I deal with it is similar to how my spirituality and my faith has taught me to deal with life which is you know I try and do the next right thing do put the best foot forward um and for me that is listening to my connection with God and then put the action in because nothing happens unless you put the action in and then like sort of hands off the wheel from there and try not have too much expectation and it's you know when you apply that to something like doing a podcast it's it's a it's a weird one because there is a tangible success measurement but I work really hard personally to try and redefine what success is and if I don't think about numbers like obsessively (laughs) then success is um kind of what you guys said about just that connection and in the the ability to have it resonate with people um that is success and you know if that's with one person then job done that's a really amazing feeling and I'm sure you guys have had the same where it's actually sparked further connection with people maybe you've lost touch with or don't really know that well but if it if it lands with them in a certain way in their life I found that it's sort of, I don't know, like barged open this opportunity to to discuss more deep and real topics than we would have, like say I bumped into that person, we just do small talk. And now because I've put myself out there, they're willing to do the same and meet me in the middle. And like as a result, like offline, like off the podcast have had so many really exceptional conversations and even to the point where I'm like now that we're allowed to like meeting up with people that I haven't seen in I would say like 15 years because we've started this sort of um like Instagram dialogue based that is a, a repercussion of certain episodes I've put out and so yeah it feels like quite a humbling experience in that sense but it could be quite easy to get wrapped up in the wrong side of things like you know the less important more ego driven parts I suppose yeah definitely I think it's really interesting um the like relationship between the number side of stuff and obviously like that is a way to quantify success in some ways um and it feel, it does feel good. Like it feels good knowing that there are lots of people that are interested in hearing what we have to say. So that that's that just on a base that's like, okay, that feels nice. That's good for my ego. That's good. <laughs> but in terms of like 
my how I measure success for me it's the doing it you know it's the like so it's a big deal for me um to consistently stick to something one um, it's a big deal for me to like to be as open as I am even at times or in places in my life where actually I don't particularly feel like doing that um so it feels very much like the commitment and following through on the commitment to doing to doing it um has felt successful for me and the the more I stay on top of that and the more we like we are consistent with our output that feels good for me um and also like just like being authentic and like the again the commitment to the realness in our conversations I think that that isn't always easy and doesn't always feel easy um but it's important it's really important and and being able to to maintain that feels successful for me um but it's difficult because it's like success by what like mm. by who's measuring stick because thinking about that from when we first started to now yes we get mm. a lot more listens but equally like if I'm comparing my our pod to like I don't know really like mainstream extremely popular podcast and like ours is like not as not as successful and so it's like that stuff it can getting lost in that um can shift focus and can also shift like shift us away from the mission that we set up to do originally which was just to like have authentic conversations um and that that, that I think that showed so in one mm. of our episodes we where we had to we had to do an episode um as a reflection of of another episode we we'd done where it didn't feel as comfortable and it didn't feel as us um and like just that rooting ourselves back to base rooting ourselves back to actually what was going on there um I find that I find that um when I think about what's successful about the pod that those are the things that that speaks as success to me yeah um as you were both speaking, I did think about um, the ways that the ways that success has felt. Um, and when I say success, I mean so just the different achievements that we've had along the way. Um, it has felt it's felt nice. It's felt like we're being recognised and all of that. But I think through this conversation we're having here today, um, I'm being led back to the real purpose of of the podcast. For me, I can I can only speak for me. Um, but the real purpose of the of the podcast is to um find some semblance of freedom um and authenticity in that space um and to understand that i can i can only create safety for myself as well as i live my life um yeah and that is the that's the success so similar to kind of similar to what as was just saying about what the success actually is and um, there is this overarching sense that the success is everything that 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 the podcast represents and means to me um, in my life and in my journey. Um, and speaking on um, friends and connection, I think that you mentioned Hannah, um, that the podcast has helped you to connect with old friends and things like that. And I think that the podcast has done both. So it's helped me to connect with old friends who I think have felt maybe a bit inspired by 
the fact that I'm able to be authentic authentic and tell the truth sorry in an open space and in an open um, forum and talk about my experiences um, but at the same time I think that the podcast has alienated people as well some people have been like I didn't know this about you or I didn't know that this was situation was going on for your happening like was I not a friend um do you not consider me a friend <laughs> um and that has been really interesting but yeah yeah wow that's super interesting um I <laughs> I feel like when we're talking about success I when it's just me considering it I agree with everything you said as and um you know by those personal barometers I'm killing it in the in the sense that I'm showing up and it, that is something that I struggle with <laughs> um I've started quite a lot of like creative endeavors over the years um work really 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 hard on the build-up and then once I launch it I get all self-conscious and sort of it lasts like four weeks and then I pull everything down and like hide and pretend it never happened so being accountable to the fact that I've set myself a goal to do one every single week it's been a struggle at times like when I was furloughed it was lovely I had all week to get the content out and now that I'm working full-time again it's you know, it requires sacrifice to maintain this personal goal that I've set myself. And, but at the same time, it's the most rewarding, you know, when I have had a busy week and I still put out content that I'm proud of, that feels like a huge success. Um, and you know what, it's only when other people ask me, how's the podcast going? That's the only time I, I sort of fall into the pit of, um, like the more challenging measuring stick as you described it of success where I'm suddenly get like quite self-conscious <laughs> I'm like it's a it's a long game it's a long game <laughs> um you know and yeah really interesting as well about the the opportunity it's provided to connect and also do the opposite thing like for me I found it really interesting who's checked in week after week and who I mean not even to listen to every single one because it is quite a lot of of episodes in quick succession but the people that have invested in it because they care about me versus the ones that haven't <laughs> not to to try and like you know shame any friends or anything I get that some people just don't listen to podcasts so it doesn't come up for them um and that's fair enough but it's just been an interesting journey and sort of having support about this thing that is really vulnerable and like you are really putting yourself out there and you do have to you know set the ego to one side and focus on the self-esteem part and let your esteem you know hopefully having or I speak for myself having a solid self-esteem allows me to to embark on these endeavors that are I guess in in a way like quite scary um but yeah, in terms of the like juggling act of, you know, you talk about mainstream podcasts, all that's, I'm sure it is challenging in itself having a lot of listeners, but it's also generally more of a component of their careers. So there's, it's easier to carve out more time. I'm guessing I'm not speaking from um, the context of having asked these people, but um, in terms of like juggling you know, are your 
jobs your roles as an employed person with something that is obviously very close to the heart and um in many ways like a creative endeavor and also you know you could call it a side hustle or a passion project like how do you find that balance um I am keen to know for personal reasons um yeah how you how you maintain mental health physical health relationships work podcast tell me all your secrets um the quick answer is I don't <laughs> I don't maintain it <laughs> I struggle I really struggle um <laughs> it's the truth um and then the longer answer is that I am accepting of the fact that I'm going to struggle because I juggle a lot um and so it's just mm. seeking to reach that place of acceptance listening to myself um so like something that's really helped is we we pre-record episodes so we pre-record quite a few like we we try to where possible bulk record um so that we've got a backlog and so that we're not constantly like having to keep up with um creating content for the following week and there's not that pressure um mm. and then yeah with that 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 allows room to like break um from recording if things feel heavy um also just talking about things that we're passionate about um so talking about things that actually don't feel forced so it's it feels um it feels less of a chore um having to come and like having to come and record or or um thinking of like what to talk about um yeah but i think i'm i'm learning this year i'm learning balance in ways that i haven't like in just new ways i'm learning the meaning of that word in totally new ways and I think it's so important to just um seek balance and seek to like listen to to ourselves so when if I can't then I won't like if I actually can't then I won't do it um and because overall like staying on top of things in order to do that I have to be well enough to do that um so yeah I think just accepting that actually I'm juggling a lot. There's a lot, it's, it's having a side hustle and particularly one that like, yeah, it's that particularly one that is is just about our passion at this current moment. So like, we're not, we're not making any money off it. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not in a position where it's able to like relieve some of the other stresses. Um, and hopefully and like, really hopefully it does get to that place. But even if it doesn't, um, it's accepting that, you know what, this is, this is an extra thing that I'm doing um, and I need to be patient and kind with myself if I, if I feel like it's, it, I've got other commitments. Yeah. yeah, I think um, for me, um, I am really bad. I'm really bad with myself. <laughs> I would love to work to my optimum in absolutely everything um, that has my name attached to it. <laughs> So for me, um, I like to be doing good with my, um, the nine to five, uh, gym, podcast, just anything. Um, I just wanted to be doing good with everything. Um, and actually that sometimes is just really yeah. detrimental. So the first thing to go out of the window when things get on top is everything that has to do with me very personally. So my eating gets really bad 
my fitness um I'm not as active um and everything that I guess can be seen outwardly or will be seen outwardly um I still fight to maintain so yeah that is Mm. I guess the short answer is that similarly I don't (laughs) I don't juggle these things very well I don't juggle it all very well um yeah you hear all those like motivational speakers talk about making your dreams come true and the sacrifices you have to make it all sounds really inspiring and something I when I hear it I'm like yeah I can do that and now you know as the cookie crumbles and I realize the sacrifices you have to make are or I have to make are like no I can't go for dinner Mm. because I need to do this or you know cancelling plans because you just I've had to just acknowledge that I'm on the brink of being really run down and I need to look after my physical self, you know, and sacrifices in a, in a different, less romanticized way than listening to Tony Robbins talk kind of. Um, but at the same time, do you know what? I feel like we should all be, the three of us should be really proud of ourselves and, not to hype myself up too much, but, you know, being reliable and consistent with this endeavor, I think it is something to be proud of. And as long as I continue to be proud of my content as well, then I feel like I'm willing to make those sacrifices I didn't necessarily acknowledge Mm. when I signed up to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think something that came out of the... um the kind of um the I don't know what to call that because I it's not I, I know that it's been framed around Black Lives Matter but it's not just Black Lives Matter um as in the organization but something that's been that came out of the race conversations I'll say that we've been having um is there was there were real points where I had to question why I did why I'm doing this mm. and that was really helpful for me that like, why am I doing this who am I doing it for um, and then centering myself in my why has helped me kind of maintain like, actually, okay, that's why I'm not going to do this for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm not going to, or we, there was, we took a break two weeks ago, we didn't put out an episode um, and it just felt important to do that um, because I think the, the like more of a listenership we get and the more diverse our audience is becoming, it, it would be really easy to stray from like what I, what we'd originally set out to do. Mm. Um, and then like, I just like the race conversations really took me to a place where I had to really question and ask myself why I'm doing this. Um, and I reminded myself that I'm, I'm doing this for me actually um, more than I'm doing it for, for the listeners more than I'm doing it for anyone else. I'm doing this for me. Um, and this is an extension of like, this is part of my world um, mm. in terms of that curating my world. I try not to make anything uh, more important than like me, if that makes sense. So my, my job shouldn't be more important than me. The podcast shouldn't be more important than me. My finances shouldn't be more important than me. Like, uh, yeah. So just listening to myself and like tuning in with myself so that I know um, what needs to be done or what, what steps to take in relation to like workload that's been something that has been like super challenging, particularly through the lockdown. 
um, but also super important to like relearn that balance. That is really good advice. I'm gonna take notes. It can't be more important than me. That's really, yeah. Thanks for that little nugget. Um, well, I feel like that's a good high point to sort of wrap up with, but on each episode I do, I ask all my guests the same six questions, which I feel like they're, some, they're kind of fun, but also they give us a bit of insight into, I mean, not that you've not been incredibly honest and personal already, but in, insight into yeah, your little worlds um, and processes, I guess. So I guess we'll take in turns, but what is the first thing you do when you get up? Ez, do you want to take this one first? Um, it varies. So on a good day, um, I get up, I meditate, I stretch, I drink tea. On a bad day, I get up, I lay in bed for about an hour on my phone, scrolling through apps. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> um, Jade? Yeah, when I'm in a good space, get up, um, change into some yoga stuff and get on the mat. Bad day, draw from my mm. phone, respond to messages. Um, yeah. I don't know how to cut the phone out. I feel like I need to get a old school alarm clock because I pick up my phone. That is literally what I do as I wake up to turn my alarm off and then I'm in. I'm Honestly. just sucked in. Do you know, do you know what helped me um, was charging my phone outside my room, outside my mm-hmm. bed. So it's charged just in another room um, or like plugging it, like plugging it away from the bed. So it's like, okay, cool. I will get up. I will turn off the alarm, but I'm, I even need to consciously bring it back to bed or like I'm not I'm not involved and yeah that really helped me yeah okay that's good advice I'm gonna take that I'm really trying to commit to myself to get back into meditating it's not something I find comes particularly easy to me but the benefits are so great I'm gonna try and start again as of tomorrow okay next question what action feels most like prayer to you um yoga 110 percent um and also running um yeah at particular points in running as well so like if I set out to run for 20 minutes on a treadmill um it's like the last three minutes of of that run feel like that it's yeah because I'm push I, I have to push through this um yeah I would say those two things that's so nice this is a really good question um and it really varies so um i'm my prayer language changes depending on what season i'm in Mm. um so there's been points in my life where it's writing um there have been points in my life where it's like praying speaking directly to god um i think i'm in a season where meditation and silence so like silent meditation um feels most like prayer to me Mm. or worship music um christian worship music um it's still something that can take me to a place that nothing else can take me to 
That's so beautiful. I love how you described it as prayer language. I love that. We do have generally many different tongues to sort of communicate mm-hmm. with God, if you believe in God or just, you know, reconnect the power outside of ourselves. And yeah, I relate a, that resonated a lot with me. Um, it was painting for me a couple of years ago and now I feel, I don't know, maybe it's with the like chaoticness of life right now, but just quiet, like mm-hmm. some silence. It's so, feels like a, you know, a rarity at the moment. Yeah. Okay. In the topic of the podcast, um, what is the most audacious thing you've ever done? Um, I thought about what I was going to say to this. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I think I'm a pretty audacious person and not for, like, by design. <laughs> so not intentionally, but I think I just um, do things. What is the most audacious thing? Um, um, Jade help me out <laughs> but every time I'm, in, I'm so bad because I answer it for the person I'm asking in my head and it's like I don't even I've only spoken an hour of my life <laughs> I have listened to quite a few hours about your life but I like start answering it for you and that's really rude of my internal voice so <laughs> I'll shut up and let you guys answer <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. I, I, as you were talking, I was like, yep, you're right, boy, you're very audacious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> you, your being is audacious, mate. <laughs> um, now that I'm thinking about it, um, I think it is, um, I'm thinking back to holding a particular conversation at a point in my life. That was a really life-changing conversation. Um with somebody that um, had hurt me. Wow. And yeah, so on the scheme of that, there are lots of things that I could say that probably sound more audacious than that. But as I'm tuning in with myself, um, having that conversation, speaking truth to power and um, yeah, holding holding myself mm. through that conversation, it's, it feels like the most audacious thing I've ever done. Yeah, good answer. Yeah. Um, most audacious thing Um, so you caveated the question with them in relation to the podcast Hannah Um, and it's really funny that you say that because I think um, what has resonated with me in this episode in this recording in this conversation we've had this evening um, is how important podcasting and the echo chamber is um in helping me to be audacious and um that is that is via my via my authenticity and me being authentic and finding and taking space to be to be myself um to be myself to speak my truth um and to do that without judging Mm. myself so I'm not always successful um in doing that at all um, but the podcast is definitely, or podcasting is definitely a space where I am finding myself able to do that intentionally. Uh, and it is something that I struggle to do in every other area of my life. So, yeah. 
I think while you know we've been discussing the concept of success I couldn't think of a way to describe success better than what you just acknowledged has come up for you in doing the echo chamber and doing podcasting in general that's amazing and you know I'm so happy for you Mm -hmm. okay what commitment are you going to make to yourself for this coming week um commitment I'm gonna make to myself this week oh um I think I am going to try and start a new book Mm. and I am going to oh yeah let me leave it at that let me not do too much yeah (laughs) start a new book so I'm actually currently reading Bell Hooks Ain't I a Woman um which is heavy it's a it's very heavy reading um and I don't know how oh this is going to sound so controversial but I really don't mean to be but how helpful it is for me in this season um to come to terms with some of the things that 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 Bell Hooks talks about in that particular Mm -hmm. book um so I am going to switch over to a book about the subconscious mind and um, yeah I wonder if we'll hear anything you read about in the echo chamber stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> I am going to finish some work that I've been putting off for a really long time it feels good when you do that doesn't it like that thing that keeps on reoccurring on your to-do list when you can finally strike it off it's like okay penultimate question when was the last time you felt fearful and how did you handle it the last time I felt fearful um was a couple of weeks ago um I was confronted by a friend about something quite quite painful Mm. um and initially I didn't handle it very well so I got quite defensive um and then I went on a journey with myself of unpicking and unpacking um what the person had said um and just really like looking at myself um and that again that was a journey so there was like points where I wasn't being so kind to myself then there were points where I was making excuses for myself and it was a real roller coaster Mm. um and then I reached a point of acceptance um and what I thought to be truth um I was afraid of a my like I was afraid of what it brought up for me in me um the, the I was afraid of my kind of I, I I generally speaking I, I try not to be defensive and I, I consider myself to be someone that um has that creates space for people um so my my I was afraid of my reaction um to it originally and I was afraid of like the person's view of me and yeah I was afraid of lots of different things but um I, I just had to I just had to sit with it I had to sit with it I had to walk through it um and I had to re- reach a place of acceptance for myself mm-hmm. wow um last time that I felt fearful um I don't know I don't know it was probably like yesterday <laughs> or something but I just know what I think um brings about the most fear for me or brings up the most fear is um 
people's perception of me um I think that's what I'm most fearful of and um, people's perception of me and and I think I um that fear shows up in my life in varying degrees every day um so yeah how do you quieten that voice um I don't know that I <laughs> know how to be honest with you not yet um no that is that is like it's it's on my agenda for therapy this week <laughs> but yeah yeah take it into that room um I always wish that we like people that I care about I could I could show them how I view them mm. you're when someone you care about is viewing themselves in a really harsh light I'm like I wish you could see you how I see you obviously I only know you from listening to your podcast but like if there's any fear around how you come across I wish you could hear you how I hear you and you wouldn't worry at all then because yeah it's so funny and my uncle calls me at least once every two weeks to say this to me um yeah he says he says this and he says um make sure you're wearing your sunglasses (laughs) yeah um yeah that's cool it's nice to have someone in your corner doing that for you okay this is the last one guys where is your happy place um it's me up yeah, isn't it go for it um my happy place is i would say um in the gym on the yoga mat or um abroad somewhere hot and usually traveling alone yeah yeah that's so cool you're kind of coming across like sporty spice a lot of your (laughs) (laughs) running (laughs) i do you know that i was sporty spice when i was little (laughs) i wanted to be sporty spice i always got made to be sporty spice because i'm tall and brunette but Uh, I didn't like I don't know I didn't feel that (laughs) appointment (laughs) I think I wanted to be like baby or scary probably but yeah I guess who they made me (laughs) 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 where's my happy place um my happy place is um it's interesting it's interesting and I don't want to go around in circles on this answer sorry I'm trying to be concise um but I think I have a real romantic relationship with my um dad's village in Nigeria um Eke um I have a real so in my head that's what the that's the first thing I would say but I don't think it's true um but I think that I have it like I don't think it's true so I don't think when I'm there that's actually where I'm at my happiest but there is like a real kind of I hold it really I hold it in my heart I romanticize it in my head um so there's that um Amsterdam Amsterdam um is probably my favorite city um and I do at least one annual trip do um, you I go every year, sometimes twice a year, sometimes three times a year. Um, but yeah, that's that's my happy place. Um, 
and the truth is my happiest place is on a dance floor with a drink in my hand and with good friends and family around me that is my happy place that is the most gorgeous vision (laughs) and on I feel we all could do with a dance with our loved ones right now after this year um and I hope we get to party again (laughs) soon it's funny because like the nightlife is something I couldn't think of a place I'd rather be in less right now at the same time if it's like as long as it's not a public space and I don't mean that because of corona it's because I can't deal with other people (laughs) it's like you know a private party a wedding a birthday or something yes yes that would be so nice um and traveling you both said that I would love I would love that I'm hoping to get away in a couple of weeks if things don't change so fingers crossed yeah thank you both so much I'm really grateful that you did carve out some time in what sounds like an equally busy life right now um and you know I'm a huge fan of everything that you're doing um and it was lovely to hear a bit of like behind the scenes and insight into what goes into the echo chamber so yeah massive thank you thank you so much for having us on thank you Hannah pleasure